You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and tech to WWE and video games, come let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Welcome back to the concession stand. This is episode number 34. I am your host, Nick Howell. With me as always, and busy, buried in hockey playoff time, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's episode number 34. Number 34, the greatest number 34 of all time. My favorite football player of all time, and arguably one of the greatest running backs that ever lived. Sweetness himself. Walter Payton yes. from the Chicago Bears is absolutely the best number 34 of all time. But there is one honorable mention. Oh, Mr. Bo Jackson. Uh, I, also did, I thought he was th- a 32. No, he was a 34. He was a 34 oh, as well. Okay. So to those great running backs who were the greatest running back and also the greatest running back in video game history, we will give them a Stone Cold salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Oh, it's good to be back with you, man. Good to be back with you as always. So, um, speaking of football, yeah, NFL draft tomorrow, by the way, and that's all we'll talk about in sports. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that ends our sports segment tonight on hockey and football. All right, so what else did you do this past week? I, you know what? I didn't get to much. Um, we we talked about uh, a lot last week. We had a great time talking about uh, um, uh, the the trailers and and how that all works out. Um, I had a, a sick uh, youngest daughter Uh-oh. on Thursday and Friday, so I spent a lot of time with her, which uh, sort of limited my video game playing and limited my uh, movie watching. I was able to. They're just germ factories, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're getting it all, and that's as good. much as you try. They just they just contagions. Yeah, with legs. Yeah, but you know what? Um, you, you got to take care of them. That's yeah. I got to be a responsible dad. Um, I did get to finish season one of The Expanse. Yes, I know that season two is pretty much done of The Expanse, <laughs> but on Amazon Prime, uh, I was able to watch uh, ep- uh, the entire first season. I'd sort of like been picking away at it, but the other night, one of those nights where I was just kind of lying in bed with a sick kid, I-, I watched episodes eight, nine, and ten. I will tell you, man, I really want you to watch this show. Okay. This is quality sci-fi, and I can't wait to go out and buy season two because I'm a cord cutter, and I can't watch those first seven episodes. I think I can get like the, the last five on the sci-fi app or whatever, but uh, yeah, I... I'm telling you, if you want like a Battlestar style thing with good characters and good sci-fi, and this is on the Sci-Fi Network, um, you, you don't get those moments like you did sometimes in Battlestar. Where you're like, eh, I don't know about the effects here. Like everything's good, and it's big, and it's and it's expansive, <laughs> so to speak. Wah. But uh, but yeah, um, please, that sets the bar pretty I'm, high I'm, comparing I'm, it to Battlestar. I'm Galactica. sure I'm sure a lot of listeners on this show are way ahead of me on this show. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm telling you as, as your friend. Uh, this is a public service announcement to you. Go watch Expanse. Okay, I'll go see it. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, I watched the show that you worked on that oh. we've been raving about yeah. the last few weeks. Yeah, Bill Nye saves the world. Yeah, man. Thanks for watching. And it is uh, it is nothing short of fantastic. Yeah. It is comfortable and welcoming, and I, I, those are words that I just felt right at home. It was like you know, it reminded me of the Carl Sagan show to an extent when he's in the lab and talking sciencey stuff, but. Then he brings it out and kind of does a Bill Maher esque kind of panel thing with yeah. uh, with varying views. He they, it looks like they intentionally designed it to have opposing opinions and have those kind of debates, yeah, they civil the, debates. And they do the cool, really cool video package where they go and they talk about the main topic and they'll yeah. send one of those reporters out and then that leads into the panel discussion. And then they kind of wrap it up at the end. 
Um, it's really well put together. Yeah. I, I wish it was an hour show instead of a 30-minute show. I, I will say that because it feels like it's too short sometimes. Yeah, and it feels like they edit like some of the stuff out. You can tell. like, um, But I will tell you when we shot it, like we, it was about an hour and a half in front of the live audience, okay. but they cut some stuff down. Most of the pieces were like he's in the lab and he does the stuff out front in his pieces. That's normal. They cut a lot of stuff out of the panels just because you don't know what they're going to say. And it might be interesting. It might not be interesting. It might be off topic. But yeah. uh that's stuff that you don't need to care about. Just enjoy the show. Watch the show because we want to make more of them. Man, Absolutely. that was so much fun to work with him. And I worked with a great team of people in my group uh, of stage managers. And uh, I can't wait to do it again. The director uh, it, it was great. And yeah, I can't. It, oh, it's awesome. th- th- there was a five minute drive to work at Sony, which was fantastic, too. But, <laughs> but I mean, hey, uh, thanks for watching. And I hope you guys out there get a chance to watch it, too. It, it's a lot of fun. Hey, what's the date today? Uh, 426. Oh, oh. LV426. Happy Alien Day! Oh, thank you. Today is officially National Alien Day, and I bring that up because most of you guys probably know what a raving alien fan that that I am. We are so excited. It looks like something is about to burst out of your chest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. So, happy Alien Day to everybody out there. They did a huge uh, live panel with with the four or five cast members today on the uh, what they call the Alien Anthology Twitter account. Oh, I missed that. Uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys a link to it. Uh, Post it up on the Orbital Jigsaw Facebook page so you can watch it. But it's cool. Danny McBride, oh, cool. Uh, all, all the other actors and everything. There's a, uh, I cannot remember the other actor's uh, name. It's uh, Catherine Waterston. Sure. Wat- Waterston, I think sure. is what her name is. Really comparing her she's to. Not, she's not listening. It's okay. That's it's fine. <laughs> I, I hope she is. Yeah. Uh, she, she looks fantastic in the role. And she's getting a lot, drawing a lot of comparisons to uh, to the Ellen Ripley character. She definitely has the look, and uh, the other thing we got to see was Ridley Scott allowed or unveiled kind of a prologue vignette Ooh. of, uh, if you remember, Dr. Shaw and David, Michael Fassbender's character, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was beheaded, his robot character was beheaded. Spoiler alert, my goodness. Right, from, from Prometheus, <laughs> uh, and at the end, they flew off in the ship, right? Well, this opening vignette shows her putting him back together. And him basically telling her what wires to connect and all that good stuff. Let me ask you this. Dude, yep. Should I go back and watch Prometheus again before Absolutely. this comes out? Okay, I will. Absolutely. I will. I will. It is, it is <laughs> definitely going to pick up right where Prometheus left off. And from what I've seen and what I've read, it's going to take you from the point where they flew off into the sky and take you right back in to, uh, to that a few years later. Cool. So, I mean, we've said on this, on this show uh, that we are not f- as big of fans of, of Prometheus as we would have liked it to been. If you Again, if you turn the sound off in that movie, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the 3D version at home, and maybe I'll just put that back in. It's been a couple years. So. It's a Ridley Scott film. Yeah. He runs eight cameras, and they yeah. all look – no shot looks bad. So yeah. I mean, it's like picking the, word, the best of – the worst – best of eight badass shots. I, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, that was that. So happy Alien Day, everybody. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, later in the show, we're going to take a trip to the lobby. Yes. And have our bigger discussion about video game racing. But first, let's get to some TV and movies. Oh, my God. Jeff Goldblum, he is having a second coming. I I tell you what. So we got the announcement today, big time, that uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm is going to reprise his role in the sequel to Jurassic World. We're getting Jeff Goldblum back in Jurassic World. So so, so there will be uh, uh, dinosaurs on this uh, dinosaur tour? Yes. Uh, Okay. Um, I'm excited about this. it, that was the one thing that was missing from Jurassic World and yeah. arguably Jurassic Park. Th- was he in Jurassic Park 3? Oh, no, maybe. that was the William H. Macy one that yeah, nobody yeah, talks yeah, yeah. about. But yeah, it would have been cool to have some sort of like reference to him uh, in that movie. Um, it, it, now it feels like, okay. And uh, yeah, he's you're right. He's, it's like, okay, I'm going to be in uh, the, the other Independence Day movie. Terrible. 
but uh, he looks really fun as Mugatu in yes. in uh, in, <laughs> in the new Thor movie coming in November. And right. then yeah, yeah. When are they going to do Fly Two? That's what I want to know. Brundle Fly Brundle to, Brundle Two: The Return. Well, they know. they could never go back in time in, back. in any of these movies and do another thing. They could never reboot that, right? With of course they can. I'd see it, sure. And this time he's pissed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay, so speaking of sequels, we got a uh, release date for Incredibles 2. Now, I know you and families such as yours are the kind of target demographic for this uh, film and this sequel, but I don't know if there's another sequel from an animated film that's been more anticipated than this one. Yeah, I mean, I will I will go on record right now and tell you that The Incredibles, the original, is one of my favorite movies of all time. No shit. Yes, okay. I abs- it, it combines like two things that I absolutely love. Uh, well, three things actually. The the great family story. Yep. Um, it's got a, a bit of like a James Bond element to it, like with a big supervillain and okay. like like a crazy base off in the off in the distance. And um and it's and it's a strong, almost kind of like a comic book movie at the same time. Yeah. So there's three big things in there that that really like I just love about that movie. Are we talking about Despicable Me or The Incredibles? No, we're talking about The Incredibles. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Similar kind of story arc. There. True. True. Very true. But uh, yeah, I, and and the Giacchino score in that movie is is probably one of his best. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. But yeah, I. I can't be more excited about this. Yeah. So Sam Jackson is expected to reprise his role as Frozone. Yeah. And uh, Holly Hunter as well as Elastigirl. And it uh, looks like the release date of June next year. So we're just sh- just a little over a year away from uh, from the release of this. It's like every three months, Disney's going to have something that's going to make a billion dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> the Disney printing press. Yes. Version 2.0 <laughs> coming to your theaters next year. Oh, uh, yet another sequel was announced this week that we got a trailer for uh, Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Now, right, it wasn't really announced. We got that like that teaser I thing. Don't know what that was? And that was just like it was. Uh, it was like a. It was a thirty second like. Uh, it wasn't like an image a second. It was an image every like nanosecond, and yeah. it just they threw everything at you, and you're like, oh, what is that? I think I saw something. And like it, it was enough to be like, okay, I'm I'm excited about that movie, anyways. But okay, great, I want to see a bigger trailer, which is what a teaser does, which is kind of what we talked about last week, right? Right. So this is all based. The Kingsman series is based off of a comic. Right? Uh, I don't think it is, but the, the the what you want to bring up is the fact that they are going to have a comic coming out from. Uh, I think it's is it Dark Horse that's doing it, or one of those comic companies that's not Marvel is. or DC is going to do some sort of comic before the new Kingsman comes out right. that sort of bridges the gap. I'd love to know what happens because apparently Colin Firth is back in this movie. Maybe they'll they'll tell us why, or maybe they wait till the movie. But who knows. Well, that's called The Red Diamond, and it's supposed to be coming out in September ahead of the film release. Great. So keep an eye out for that one. Uh, So some interesting drama popped up this week off the back of Fate of the Furious, and I think I talked about this a little bit uh, last week Yeah. uh, with regards to Jason Statham and The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson, Yeah. uh, how they were, their chemistry was so good, and I can attest to it. It really was that friggin' good Mm -hmm. in, in Fate, Fast, Fast 8, Fate. Fate, 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 of the, fate of the rock, fate, fate of the... Whatever. Look, this could really work, but I, I'm curious where they take this because they've... now Statham has been in like three films now and The Rock's been in like the last four or five and like where do they... Do, how do they parallel this into something where they're not in with like the Vin Diesel crew? Does it matter? Do you just put those guys in a movie and you have a bunch of cars and guns and it's like it's... And they just put a Fast and Something title on it? Fast, yeah, well, I don't, fast I don't know. Fast and the Expendable? Fast I mean, they, and the Expendables. <laughs> yes! Yes, right. Uh, I don't know because they've they developed this relationship where it's like Jason Statham is the small, fast David, and The Rock is like the giant Goliath, right? Yeah. And it's this weird, perfect combo, perfect storm of of these two styles of fighting. I don't know. We could see one's supposed to be a good guy, one's supposed to be a villain. Maybe they, maybe it's a cat and mouse caper game. 
who knows? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what yeah. the what the story or the title is, as long as those two guys get to play those roles again, right? Right, right. Drop my other rock reference in there. <laughs> I had to. Hey, uh, Shamalama Ding Dong Man uh, confirmed that there's speaking of comics, there's a new project called Glass, right? Uh, that allegedly is a sequel to both Unbreakable and Split. So, spoiler alert for those people that haven't seen Split, and I haven't either, but apparently there's an end credit sequence that somehow. It's spoiler alert, a spoiler alert. Or I, I don't know what to say, but if it's on like, okay, I don't care. Um, at, at the, at the end of, uh, uh, the post credit sequence in split, apparently there is something that connects that universe that, uh, the McAvoy character is in to the unbreakable universe. Yes. That's awesome. That, and I will say till the day I die that that is Shamalama Ding Dong's best movie of, of split. his. Yes. No, no, no. Unbreakable. Uh, no, unbreakable. Oh, of course. When's the last time you watch that movie? It is Ten years so. It least. is so good. It is so good. And yeah. it, and apparently, this Glass movie is based on the Samuel Jackson character of Mister Glass, right. the guy that's you know that breaks and all that sort of stuff. And this is sort of like a real life kind of like comic book universe. That when that movie came out and you and you saw the end of it, you're like, oh, you just wanted to see where it went. And if they get to finally do this ten years later, we get to see more. And if Bruce Willis is in this. I'm all about it. Yeah, it's going to make me want to go watch Unbreakable and Split before this one comes out, just to make sure that I understand all three yeah, different I, universes. I definitely right? want to see Split. We can get uh, access to that over iTunes or whatever now. So I'm, I think we, I think it came out this week or last week. So yeah, I, I do want to check that out. One thing I definitely do want to check out that's coming soon is a film that's called Score. Oh yes, and this yes. one is very, very going to be very close to you and I both. Uh, it's actually a documentary about the the production and the making of film scores. Something that's never been done, yeah. They've never gotten all of the heavyweight elite uh, Hollywood composers and, and film scores into uh, the same same movie just to talk about it. And it's not even just them. It's James Cameron, Ridley Scott, yeah, Spielberg. All the, yeah, all, all the directors talking all, about all these great guys. And they yeah, talk to Nolan, Han, yeah, hanging they, out with Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and Get, the, and, Can you imagine and that Williams. conversation? There's even stuff with James Horner in there, uh, oh. the late great James Horner. Um, yeah, I think it, Thomas Newton is in there as well. I think did I read somewhere that maybe the only person missing from this was Danny Elfman because of scheduling conflicts? I saw, I've watched. I saw him in the trailer though. Oh, then never mind because they they were drawing comparisons to the Danny Elfman Batman and, and oh. stuff like that. Oh man! So I yeah, I'm super stoked about watching this. Uh, I I can't wait for it. But it's called Score, yeah. and uh, definitely keep your eyes out for that one. Hey, you've mentioned your buddy James Cameron, savior <laughs> of the what is that song? Uh, it's from South Park. <laughs> Savior of the Deep. Yes. yes something like that. I don't know. He's got some news this week, right? So I want to preface this by saying the movie Avatar would not... He It waited for technology to be ready to make that film. Right. And if you remember what a groundbreaking film that was with his fusion camera system that kind of everybody used, including Peter Jackson in Lord of the Rings until the epics, red epics started showing up, uh, all of these guys were using his fusion camera system, right? Um. I think we're happening. We're, the same thing's happening again with the Avatar sequels, where he's now working on something that he's labeling as HDR glasses-free 3D. Whoa! So think about that. It's a 3D film that is as immersive as a 3D film with glasses, where you don't have to wear any kind of goggles or glasses. Whoa. So I'm thinking about all the movements we have towards VR and yeah. the, the the pervasiveness of 3D now. So I'm going to say suck it, Avatar haters, yeah. uh, because now we officially have release dates for four more Avatar films. But the but the, the caveat is they got pushed back a year, probably to help, to make sure that this technology is good to go. And I don't know if they have to get this into theaters. The only th- the only time I can think of, and I don't remember if you if you have one of these or not. Do you have a 3ds? 
Yes. So you, that's the that's this technology. Where, uh, is that the technology we're going to get on a big movie screen where yeah, like you, you just can slide see, a slider? Yeah, yeah, like you would get 3D, and it was it was really like it was it messed with your head, kind of like Crystal Pepsi does, you know? Um, <laughs> right? Okay. So, but yeah. Uh, if we're going to change the movie theater going experience, which is what we talked about again yes. in, in numerous episodes, yep. uh, yeah. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to do it and change the landscape, it's that mm-hmm. guy because he is the saver of the day. I'm freaking ecstatic. I, I just, I, you know, my love affair with James Cameron and his work, and yeah. especially with Avatar and uh, the Alien stuff. So I, I can't wait. It uh, looks like we're going to get the first film in December of 2020. Okay. And I will go out on a limb and say that it's probably going to break its own records. You know, for a movie theater industry that we say is dying, all of these movies that they're saying are coming out, we're talking about Incredibles, we're going to talk about some other ones here in a second. Like, it's, I'm not going to stop going to the movie theater. No. I don't know about you. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on if they start delivering films to my house or not. Yeah, but you're not going to get that 3D glasses without it, glasses experience unless you go how, there. How, how rapidly are TVs turning over? Not to get into a deep tech discussion, but I mean, TVs are changing every other year. Good point. You know, so I mean, now it's all 4K, Ultra HD, murder, yeah. all that stuff. So who knows what it's going to be now? Two years from now, it'll be 8K and then it'll be 20K. <laughs> yeah. Too many K's. Too all the K's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, X, let's, let's talk about some TV now real quick. So X-Files. Wait, switch from the letter K to the letter X? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I can't help myself. Oh, God. Okay. So X-Files is returning. Fox has ordered another 10 episodes. Um, I, I thought the return of this did not do very well. And I think the numbers didn't show uh, for, the, for it to be ha- continue on and continue to have life. What's your perspective on the kind of the re-emergence of the X-Files. I was I was a huge X-Files fan Me too. Uh, growing up. Uh, growing up. I was in college. I wasn't growing. I guess I was growing up. It was half a lifetime ago. But anyways, um, and then the, the movie came the out. the new 25. Yeah, the movie came out, and uh, uh, I watched the movie, but then like uh, it went back to the show. Like Remember how the, the movie came out, Fight the Future? Yeah. Then it went back to the show, and like the stuff that happened in the movie like continued on the show, and then like it got weird, and then like Robert Patrick came in. He wasn't yeah. the D-1000, and, and I kind of like, I kind of like lost... Like I kind of fell off of it, right? Yeah. So when they announced the new X Files that came out, what was it last year? Like yeah. they did like a six episode thing on Fox. Yeah, I was excited about it, but I felt like I had missed it, and I didn't want to take the time to go back and watch all those things in between that movie and up to that point. So yes, I'm excited about the fact they're going to do another what ten episode run or something yeah. like that. But now I feel like I need to go back and watch all that sort of stuff. Like eight, so twenty seven so, seasons of and, what we missed, right? And not that I shouldn't, as a fan, I should, right? But uh, I, I don't know. Um, it's just time. It's, it's, there's it's too much content. It's time. And is, is, it, is it? I would say like, oh, they're just like trying to cash in on an old thing. And then I'm a Star Wars fan at the same time. So I can't say that. Right. So um, uh, our friend <laughs> Luke watched all of those and, and liked them all. He went back and watched all the X-Files. I think they're on Netflix or something. Um, so I don't know. I, it, for, the, for the big X-Files fans out there, this is probably a big deal. Um, for me, it's, it's an okay thing. I, uh, for me, I need time to actually ingest all the other stuff and watch this. Yep, true. Uh, what you do have time for, though, is some Game of Thrones teaser. Always have time for that. Uh, so some, we got some first still images this week from the set, not just the wardrobe fashion show thing they did before, <laughs> yeah. which was a little you know, Everybody fun. wears black. So one of the stills that showed up was Gilly reading. Gilly. Gilly, who is uh, the, the missus of Sam. Yep. Right? Sam Tarly. Sam Tarly, is that what it is? Uh, she's reading a piece of uh, a book or uh, a piece of parchment or something that has something on it. So thankfully, the internets took got a hold of this picture and zoomed in and sharpened it and did all the things they needed to so they could read it. And it, apparently, it's actually from A Song of Fire and Ice, and it's the prof- spoiler alert. Oh. Spoiler alert. Oh, it's the prophecy that Melisandre talked about, where oh. a son the the 
um, the ashes of a Targaryen would rise to defeat the White Walkers. Interesting. And they're, so they're loosely referring to this as the Jon Snow prophecy, since we now know from last season that he has the bloodline of, of Rhaegar Targaryen. Yes. Right? So this then basically, long but story it's, short. But it's not Daenerys who also rose from ashes. Because yeah, remember, true, she... Yeah, true. I don't so, know. And the Targaryen, right? So wait, the but the manuscript she read was not the uh, the George R. R. Martin next book, because that would have been better. That would have been pretty... That would have been like... <laughs> Space-time would fold it in on yeah. itself, right, if that would have happened. Because <laughs> somehow the TV show of the book has the book before the book's been published. Right. Yeah, mind blown. Can we, just anyway. go, can we go back to simple things like Disney? Can we just go back to Disney? Just go back to beheadings yeah. and like riding horses and stuff. There are stuff. beheadings in Disney. Well, I mean Game of simple, Thrones, sorry. Simple Disney stuff. Can we just talk about Go back to the North. Yeah. The King of the North or The Lion King. It's The oh. Lion King and Frozen sequel. Get the release dates. We got new release dates for Lion King is coming out in July of 2019. And Frozen 2 is coming out in November That's of 2019. That's a long ways off, but I know there's a lot of people excited about those films. Uh, we will have plenty of time to talk about those. But had to tell you guys, since it is Disney news in our Disney segment. Um, there was some live action interesting thing that came out uh, from Disney again. So you remember in Beauty and the Beast that uh, Ewan McGregor played Lumiere, mm-hmm. a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, apparently they're developing a Christopher Robin. You know who Christopher Robin is? Who's Winnie he, the Pooh? Yeah, he's a little boy from Winnie the Pooh. But imagine like a Christopher Robin movie where he's grown up. It just seems and, weird. Yeah, and like I don't know how it works. So like if if it's going to be like Ted three, where like uh, Winnie the Pooh <laughs> is Ted, you know, right. and, and maybe he's like singing and, the Thunder Buddy song like, and maybe he's doing like bong hits. Yeah, exactly. Like he's over the honey and he's yeah. moved on to like something else. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All, all he does is smoke weed and eat honey. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, that sounds really cool. Actually, I, I like the idea of of a. a Instead of a reboot, we take a character and we do something different with yeah. it. I think it's cool. Instead I of them too. redoing all their other stuff, uh, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ESPN let uh, let out their, I guess, quarterly numbers yeah, or whatever own, it was. Owned by Disney. And, owned by Disney, yep. which is why they're, we're including them here in the Disney thing. But uh, I guess I'm curious. Look, the news that really came out was twofold. They've lost 10 million subscribers throughout the various means over the last five years. Yep. That's not a small number. Not at all. That's a lot. And you could attribute that to cord cutting, to all kinds of things across the board. But the individual um, sports apps, which we've talked about, yeah. like why do you go watch a one-hour sports center when you just want to see the highlights of your team? You just go to the Cubs app and watch the Cubs highlights. Yeah. Or MLB or NHL sure. or any of the individual leagues, right? The other thing is that they also laid off over a hundred writers and on-air talents today. today. Yeah, and I actually saw a list of some of these people that they laid off. A lot of them, believe it or not, are on are in sports that they're not as big on coverage. Okay, on. soccer is a bunch. There are a bunch of their soccer reporters. Okay, a bunch of their hockey reporters. Oh. A bunch of their individual college conference. So, like this guy was the SEC uh, conference reporter. He's gotcha. gone. But like all of like the like the um, for the hockey guys. For me, that was the a Rich Eisen's. All those guys yeah, are still around. Eisen's over at NFL Network. But um, oh, that's right. Um, it's interesting that they've sort of like streamlined what they have. The big one for me that I thought was interesting was Trent Dilfer from uh, f- football, the guy that used to be the quarterback yeah. for the uh, the Buccaneers. They let him go, huh? But, okay, but Stephen A. Smith is still there. Oh well, yeah, great. Uh, Target demographic. You know what? I don't think there's a hype train coming this week, no. but uh, but there is we some, do Star have some Star Wars. Star Wars. Stuff. Wait, wait. Before we do this, I would like to have a, a personal retraction. Oh, okay. From last week, I took some uh, some flack during the uh, during <laughs> yes, one of did. our Star Wars things, and I and I mistakenly 
referred to Andor as a planet. And our <gasps> my old friend from my movie theater days, Ben Sapp. Ben, if you're listening, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, you were absolutely right, sir. Uh, Andor is not a planet. It is a forest moon of some other planet that we don't know. Maybe that's on Wikipedia. So I should have known that. I did know that. And mistakenly, in my excitement, I called it Planet Endor. And I apologize for oh, that. Oh, heresy. Heresy, yeah. heresy. Burn the witch. But, Burn I'll, the but I'll admit when I'm wrong, my friend. Hey, uh, episode nine officially got its release date. I know we're still talking about episode eight this year, uh, but it's inter- the reason this is interesting is it's in May of 2019. Yeah, well... And what's with, so we've been on this string of Christmas releases here for the last three years, and it's for the, yeah. So so yeah. So why all of a sudden cut it down to six months? I don't know, but but as a fan, I'm I'm really happy. So think about this: every single Star Wars movie from one through six uh, was always released late May Memorial Day time, yeah. right? And then they flipped the script a little bit, and Star Wars Force Awakens was at Christmas. Rogue One is at Christmas. Episode Eight will be coming out at Christmas, and then next year Han Solo will be coming out at Christmas. But uh, then, but then, only five months later, or almost six months later, Star Wars Episode Nine. So, so does that mean potentially another stand? Now we're starting going to start going in a six month rotation and I would going love back. It. And I would forth? love it, but they haven't announced a six month like what would be the fall or the December release of 2019. Gotcha. What would that be? We haven't we haven't announced that, but I'm sure it's coming. Mm. Oh, and, sure I, and, I, and I bet the hype train will have to leave the station mm. for that. So some other news on that. We do have uh, some official announcements. The director is going to be Colin Trevor. We knew that. Trevorrow. Trevorrow. We knew that. Yeah. We did know that? Okay. We did know that, yeah. I didn't, but you, you, yeah. you would. Uh, and <laughs> Kathy Kennedy confirmed that there are going to be no... This was also out of uh, uh, Star Wars Celebration last yeah. week. Uh, no new remasters of the original trilogy. Because that was asked several times, apparently, and she got kind of testy at the, about yeah. the 18th time somebody asked her about it. And this is apparently because Lucas completely borked the original film prints uh, when he did his remakes from the 90s, where he added a couple of things. What does borked mean? Uh, screwed them up. Okay. He, he didn't make copies of them and then edit the copies. He edited the the masters, the originals. That's interesting, and I don't know how true that is. Because so I don't know if uh, they could even go back and without digitally recreating some of the stuff... Uh, it get the original prints from the original films from the 70s and 80s. I think, okay, I, I don't agree with this. I think that there's, um, I have, for a fact, I have episodes four, five, and six yep. from an actual Fox video release. There are certain people that have this. They did a, um, when they did a special edition DVD release of just those three movies, um, one of those holiday seasons, mm-hmm. there were two discs on every one of them. It was the special edition, and then you had, Disc two that had Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi in in regular two point Dolby, the original thing. I actually have those, and some people have them. You can find them on eBay. Okay, but, but I wonder if they don't want to like compete with themselves, or you know what I'm saying? Like from a, if I'm looking at this from like a Disney like corporate sort of thing, like well, we don't want to we don't want to confuse people. Like this this is the Star Wars universe. We don't want to make you think that there's this other one that like was better or yeah. worse. We just want to, like for kids growing up, we don't want to like confuse them. As much as the fans our age are like clamoring for, like we want the original one without you know uh, the stupid uh, Job of the Hut dance scene in Return of the Jedi, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. But uh, unfortunately, if if you are able to get that, and if you want to find it, just like anything on the internet, you can. Absolutely. Uh, her, I think her words were, "Those will always be George's. We're not going to mess with those." Fair enough. Fair enough. But the internet's kind of read into that a little bit. That's and, a respect thing. Yeah, and I, and I get that. Yeah. Uh, secondly, some big news. Uh, Indiana Jones 5 also has an official release date, and it will be competing with the Avatar, Avatar 2 sequel. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. You're right. In 2020, right? Yeah. 
So we're going to have Indiana Jones 5. Spielberg and Harrison Ford are already both signed on. Yep. And uh, that, so 2020 is looking like a big year. We're going to get Indiana Jones, probably another Star Wars movie in there somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, and Avatar 2. Uh, spoiler alert, the new title is called Indiana Jones, Don't Fly This Plane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> flying's fine. Landing. Here's, no. Okay, so wait. Here's something interesting. So if we're going to have a new Indiana Jones movie. So when that was based, uh, the last one we saw, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which yeah. we will not speak of except we just did. Um, was based in the fifties after after the uh, like Indiana Jones's whole thing from the one two and three was all about the him fighting the Nazis yeah. right but in uh, came with the Crystal Skull it was like it was the Cold War so if we still have an Indiana Jones of an old Harrison Ford are we now in the sixties like what are we fighting like what's the villain I don't know but uh, I'm hoping it's going to be good Vietnam I don't know I don't know maybe it's before Vietnam maybe it's like Indiana Jones versus the Civil Rights Movement I don't know. I don't um, know. Just just keep it very Tomb Raider and keep it very yeah. And don't, give him, don't give him a stupid sidekick like Mutt or Short Round. Let him do his thing. And if he's going to pass the torch to some other kid, fine. Put LaBeouf far away from this. <laughs> no comment. Okay. All right. Moving on to Marvel. Ah, good. Uh, right up uh, back up our alley is uh, Phase Four, as we've talked about, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What's Phase Four? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> phase Two's profit or Phase Three's profit? Yeah, Phase One's collect underpants. Phase four is not a guarantee, according okay. to Marvel. Oh. And I remember we speculated pretty heavily on this. Oh, because uh, Guardians 3 would be uh, the beginning of phase four exactly, last week. Okay. Exactly. And potentially a Spider-Man Homecoming 2 yep, yep. Uh, would be part of phase four. So I don't know. I mean, speculation has suggested that there was this whole new universe of new characters that they could start up a whole new phase, set of phases for these outside the scope of like Avengers and Fantastic Four and Thor and all these guys. Who would that be? Who's left? Part of me wonders if it will not be phase four because it will not like suddenly we'll get to the point where Downey and Evans and Hemsworth and none of those guys will do Marvel movies anymore. Right. So I wonder if it's like if it's like phase four is this and then we'll be like we'll have a new Thor and a new what and that'll become like a new phase one. I mean, we're over 10 years into the Marvel universe, right? I think Iron Man came out in 07 or 08. Yeah, 08. So it's so it's it's time for a reboot as far as they're concerned and that's how we do it. And we just there's a new generation of of young teenagers that need to I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one bit of news out of on the TV side, the Punisher standalone series. There's been one staple across all of the different Marvel Netflix uh, yep. series of Daredevil, yep. Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and it's been Rosario Dawson. Yeah, the Night Nurse. So uh, Claire, uh, I believe is her character's name. Uh, she will not be reprising her role in the Punisher standalone series, and it's for something as trivial as scheduling conflicts. Yeah, so this, that's surprising. It, very, it surprised me. Very, she's doing another film um, that she's working on that they couldn't get her in in time to do the shoots that they needed her for for Punisher. I, I don't know. It, it's going to feel very weird without her showing up to be part of that whole Defenders universe there. Um, if, if she's not in the Punisher show, I could get that. But like, if, if they say she's not a, a part of Daredevil Season 3, whenever that comes, True. that'd be a little bit different. Because her and uh, her and Matt Murdock have like such a relationship in right. those series. So. Right, right, right. Well, switching sides of the aisle, uh, uh. going over to the, the, the left side, Ugh. we're talking about DC. Um, there's a show that was, that's been on air that hasn't been very well liked called Powerless. Yep. And I've heard the name of this, but I, I don't know much about it. Can you fill us in on what Powerless I was? I feel like we I feel like we we literally like um, just grazed over it a number of episodes ago mm-hmm. when it first premiered. Powerless is a um, 
think of like a like The Office, but not really like that style. Think of more of like what's the um what's the show that's going to replace it? Uh, Superstore. Yeah. Think of that. That's um you you're in like a corporate setting, and this they what they do is they make weapons for superheroes. So it, this show exists in the DC universe, and it's run by Alan Tudyk, who is uh, K2SO. Yep. And um uh the guy from Firefly, he's like the Nathan Fillion. No, uh, Alan Tudyk. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, he's the guy that sort of is like the CEO of this company, and he's also like a nephew or something of Bruce Wayne. And they make okay. uh, they make um, uh, superhero gadgets that they eventually go out, and you see like glimpses of like a superhero flyby. Um, uh, so they're the ones in charge it's of a very, empowering yeah, the superheroes. It's 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 kind of sitcommy, but not really. And um, I saw the first two episodes, and I was like, ah, oh, this is cool, but like. Yeah. Well, it, it was a little bit. The funny thing is, it was it's a little bit insulting. NBC pulled it before its last three episodes were right, done, right? And it's replacing it with reruns of Superstore, which is not that great of a show. No, it's not. Um, uh, but <laughs> unless you're a Best Buy fan, which I am, or I was. You know, I worked at a Walmart. I can I can I can relate. I watched the first season of Superstore. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. But the fact that they're pulling it and replacing it with reruns of that show is just very telling of what they think about it. The thing I wonder is if those episodes are done and they're just like saying like they'll never air. Yeah, I think. Or that's they could what they maybe, said. or maybe they go to the NBC app and like here's if you want to watch the last three, we've got them. You can just watch them on the app. Good here's job. Pay six dollars to see. Uh, sure, who knows? Uh, by the way, DC is also launching a new streaming platform. Now, this I thought was very very interesting uh, because now they're going to have their own kind of Netflix for DC content. Is That's this cool. Right? That's cool. Something like that. Yeah. So one of the shows that was on there was called Young is that's going to be on there is Young Justice Outsiders. Yeah, um, and it's got uh, an incredibly popular two seasons. Well, there's there's kind of cult yeah, fame it's, already. It, it's an animated thing, right? It's an animated series. Got a huge fan base, and they've already got the third season in the works. And this one, along with a new show called Titans, which would be a live action version of the Teen Titans. Yes, which would be really cool. Yeah. So these and are the now, first shows that they're talking. There's. Putting up there to be uh, this new DC streaming platform. Correct, and uh, the people behind the Titans live action show are the same people behind Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. All the CW shows, yeah. yeah. So if they get some, and like if they can't find a network for it, maybe WB or DC is going to announce their sort of like here is our Netflix of this. Just like Paramount is going to have something, and I'm sure uh, Warner, uh, uh, Sony will have something like. Disney already has that sort of like your Disney movies anywhere. Like they'll, yeah. everybody's getting into the streaming game, so. Yeah. If they're going to create new content for streaming stuff that's not going to end up on networks and it has DC stuff, I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a big messed up for me here if, if they don't uh, get in bed with Warner Brothers on this and put all of the old comic book movies yeah, on or there. Yeah, the old like Batman the Animated Series. Like, oh, they own all that yes. stuff. It's Warner Brothers. It's, they own DC. They own I it. I mean, it, frankly, it should be kind of the Warner Brothers DC yeah. app, you know, yeah, something and then, along like, those lines. Throw some Looney Tunes in there. Why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Netflix. Uh, again, we talked about Bill and I Save the World. It's getting yep. rave reviews across all social media. I haven't heard one person say they didn't like it yet, for what it's worth. So uh, that show might actually win Emmys. Uh, it's it's doing really, really well. Um, also, there was another thing. <laughs> We're big fans of movies like Casino yeah. and Heat and those kind of big ensemble uh, Michael Mann and Scorsese movies, the gangster movies of the, the 80s and 90s, Goodfellas, I would throw in there. Yeah. Apparently, Scorsese has a project that he's put together with De Niro and Pacino, yep. Pesci, and Harvey Keitel. We talked about this a number of episodes ago where there was the, 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 the thought of this possibly happening, and they, all the studios were bidding, and then they were like, no, we don't want it, we don't want it, we don't want it, and Netflix stepped in and was like, yep, we'll get it. So this movie is coming, yep. but it's going to be guess what Netflix. they paid for the rights? Just, not the film, not the production costs, just the rights to make it. Wow, I don't know. $105 million. Not 106. <laughs> 
is is that technically considered an option? It may that be one of the most expensive options yeah, ever. I mean, it could be. Holy shit, it could be a hundred and five millions dollars just to make hundred and five million, hundred and five <laughs> majillions. Oh man, uh, there's another film that they've got coming out called Outlaw King. This is exciting. This is very exciting. You guys have heard me rave about what and a great me. film and me, yeah. Hell or High Water was in 2016. It was it was uh, uh, directed by a guy named David McKenzie. It was his first feature, as far yep. as I know. Well, he is uh, connect- reconnecting with Ben Foster and Chris Pine, the two two of the leads from uh, from Hell or High Water, and making a new film called Outlaw King. And this this sounds really really good. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just those two actors who are so um, well established, and that director who got such a big buzz out of doing that movie, and the fact that they want to do another movie with him. Yep. And instead of going to the theaters, guess where it's going? Netflix. Straight to Netflix. Yeah. It was great to hear that he was probably one of the most sought after directors in town uh, after Hell or High Water, and he should have been absolutely. And uh, this this film, uh, this project, and this cast, I you know you've got me. I'm sold. I can't wait to see it. Hey, um, there's one last thing to talk about here in, in TV and movies. They're speaking of these new streaming platforms. Yep. What's my favorite movie genre? I know where this is going. Oh, uh, there is now a Netflix for horror movies called Shudder with yeah. D's, not T's, not like window shutters, but Shudder like scared, right? Um, it looks amazing. And here's how it breaks down. So you're going to get it for about $5 a month, or they do a yearly annual plan for about 50 bucks a month. I think it's $48. That's a good deal. That's a really good deal. And it has a complete library of everything from old historical films all the way up to the modern found footage stuff. Horror movies, though. Horror movies. All horror and, and, psych- and thriller kind of movies. When do they say this is coming? It's already there. I've, oh. It's on my Apple TV right now. I've been playing with it yeah, the last so couple I, of days. Of course, I haven't looked for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, check, definitely check out Shudder if you're a fan of horror films, which I know if a lot of you are. Uh, you're really going to be impressed by, uh, by the layout of this. It looks just like a, a Netflix or an Apple store, iTunes store. For uh, for horror movies. That's enough about TV and movies. Let's talk about some video games. Hey, speaking of horror movies, did you hear about yes. this Friday the Thirteenth game? All right. You know, I'm not a big fan of like horror movies, but yeah. this game looks so much fun. And then, like, it's been in development forever. Yeah. And so here's here's the concept: Friday the Thirteenth, one of the greatest horror franchises of all time. Yes. Jason Voorhees. Do you remember that game Evolve that came out where like one dude got to be the monster and like everybody else in the multiplayer got to be like the guys trying to kill the monster? It was super fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it was an Xbox Live Gold game last month. Anyways, so imagine if like four of us are playing like a game in like a horror universe. We're at Camp Crystal Lake and suddenly we all spawn up and like you're Jason and me and two other guys are like the the blonde that's trying to get away and the dude that's trying to like, you know, whatever. But right. it, this is like, it's like, a, I guess it's like a 20 minute sort of like um, it's a match. Yeah, it's like a match of like trying to either get away from Jason, or if you're Jason, you get to try and kill us. And it's gory, and it's crazy, and it's nuts. Yep. And they announced this week that this game is coming out May 26th, just before Memorial Day. Yep. I don't like horror movies, but I like games. Oh, yeah. And I kind of like the idea of getting to either try to escape him, because I've always wanted to do that my whole life. <laughs> but then the dark side of me kind of wants to be him at the same time. So I like the random nature of the spawn. So when you come into the multiplayer session, uh, you're going to basically, you don't know whether you're going to be Jason or you're going to be the count. But there's the randomness of certain attributes that you get as well, like the ability to run, your different senses, like infrared and all that stuff. You're Jason from Friday the 13th Part 4, or whatever it is. Jason in space! (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. 
Uh, so this looks absolutely amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on this, but it, it looks fantastic. Here's the good things. Uh, Kane Hodder returned to re- do the mo- all the mo-cap the for Jason. Jason. Like, he is the guy that played Jason. Yes. And uh, Harry Manfredini, did the, uh, who did the original music, yeah, and some is of the, back. Yeah, and some of the stuff that we've seen, like it, it sets yep. the tone <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It, it's all in there. So this game is going to be absolutely awesome. It's a $40 digital download coming out May 26th. For PS4, Xbox, and Steam. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering if you'll be able to play across all. I doubt it. But I doubt it. Whatever. But, I mean, still, like for 40 bucks, it's twenty dollars cheaper than a normal game. It's a download. Yeah. I mean, it's worth a look. Hey, did you see the uh, Call of Duty thing oh, from today? Oh my goodness. Speaking of, oh my god, uh, this looks. While one side of me is skeptical that it's just like a remastered reboot of Medal of Honor from 20 years ago, I'm okay with that. It it's it's kind of that you're still storming the beaches of Normandy, but it looks like they're doing the different scenic parts, kind of like the Battlefield One approach, where you're going to have yeah. different uh, venues and different places and schemes that you're going to play. I, I'm the guys. The gameplay footage looks absolutely incredible. Josh Duhamel did his mocap and and is has a part in it. I am super stoked about this one. I haven't been excited about a Call of Duty game since Black Ops 2 or 3. I, I haven't even been excited about it since then. Like The last one that I played that I really enjoyed was Modern Warfare. Yeah. And then it became like, hey, here's one with uh, with Kevin Spacey. And here's one with Jon Snow. And now we're in space. And it's like, it's, okay, I, I get it. And, it. and all the Call of Duty like multiplayer was like, whoever has the fastest gun, whatever. Now There was a Call of Duty Jon Snow edition? Yeah, the, 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 the Space Duty has, 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 has uh, what's his face, Kit Harrington in it. Oh, God. He's okay. the main villain or something, I guess. Okay. So I guess what I'm getting at is, if go see this trailer. It's all like it, it's total Saving Private Ryan, but like Saving Private Ryan with like the gratuitous like gore and like that guttural like World War II style of stuff that you want to see. Then that's just the campaign. I wonder what the multiplayer will be like when it's not like run up to a dude with a. 30 round submachine gun and just like a rifle or yeah. like a, a something with a bayonet or like here's a here's a sniper from like far away it could be really fun yeah i agree then I, I agree with you that i'm very excited about this call of duty game absolutely um one of the other ones that we're pretty excited about we talked about previously was uh, star wars battlefront 2 mm-hmm. and some of the big news that came out this week uh one you get to play as luke skywalker yes which is fantastic but the whole game, at least the campaign side of it, is centered around. You'll have to help me with this. I didn't vary us. Uh, like I know who that is. I don't it, was, know. it was the, it was the girl that was uh, that watches uh, the Death Star explode from the Endor Forest Moon. Yes, there you go. See what I did? Okay. <laughs> she myself. is the leader of the Inferno Squad, which is kind of the Empire's Navy SEALs, sure. of sorts, like their special forces. Um, but yeah, you get to play it from that perspective. And that's, again, like we talked about last week, that's what I'm really excited about. But yeah, playing as Skywalker, yeah. yeah. Any day, yeah. any yeah. day of the week, I would do that. Um, do you remember the game called Night Trap from yes, the 90s? I do, and I never got to play it. Here's the Why thing about, do you remember So it? here's the thing about Night Trap. Night Trap was one of the first games that was on like a CD-ROM yes. that had like full motion video in it, like where like there was... Uh, they shot it. It was like a yeah, it was movie. Yeah, like, it was actually a movie, and you would see like cutscenes of like real people doing stuff, and then it would switch to like video game mode, and then you would see more cutscenes. Right. And it was, it was a very controversial game at the time because it was all about like uh, uh, chasing women and killing them or something like that right yep um and that i think that game i think that game uh created the uh the ersb the entertainment whatever ratings boards yeah so like the esrb you, yeah so we have a game it, that's it triggered mature. the creation yes of, because it was so and, and tipper gore naughty. was like oh those video games are gonna uh, haunt your brain or whatever Thanks, yeah but um anyways they're remastering this game uh some almost 30 years later 
uh, on PS4 and Xbox, yes. or is it just PS4? It's or just one PS4. Of them? It's but an yeah, exclusive PS4 title. So if you, if you want to be like a historical and go back and sort of like play a game that's in, in a retro game that has been gone forever, but actually changed landscape of games. Yeah, there's what you want. And to it's do. not only a digital download, by the way. They do. I they are pressing physical copies of this. Interesting. So you'll get all of the cult collectors uh, grabbing a copy of this for sure. So if you happen to see it in the next couple of months, make sure you grab a copy because it will be in a very high demand i i am guessing hey if you're a collector of stuff and i know you are when it comes mm-hmm. to blizzard tell me what's going on with blizzard this week big big launch around heroes of the storm so we had the 2.0 launch it's been out for a couple of years now uh there's they've they've built an entire esports regime to compete with league of legends and esl um and those championships and everything and it's been extremely successful but i had a lot some listener feedback they 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 don't understand what heroes of the storm is how to play it how what the gameplay is like i'm one of those people this word moba uh that you hear which is like a a style of a game so if you think of league of legends or dota 2 any of these that they're playing in uh esports scenarios they're five on five teams team-based games uh heroes of the storm is no different there uh but they are the characters all have different abilities, and you have to pick a particular meta to match and counter the other team's characters, right? So Heroes of the Storm is no different. The only unique thing about it is it's all of the characters from the Blizzard universe. Oh, cool. Across all of their different games. All right. Going all the way back to 1992 in their original huh. title, The Lost Vikings. You can play as the Lost Vikings in uh, Heroes of the Storm. The big things that came out of the 2.0 launch was one of the big complaints about the original uh, instance of it was you you had to grind and level up each character yeah. and you had to pay to un- you you got one character uh, unless they did special events and they gave away a yeah, free character. I don't like that. Um, but you ha- basically were limited. It is a free game. It's a freemium model, right? Sure. You have to pay to unlock certain things in the game. Um, but what they're doing with 2.0 is they're allowing you to pick a category that you like to play, whether it's tanking, defense, support, or healing. Okay. Uh, and you will get 20 characters across wow. that entire category to play as, and all of them have different unique for abilities for free. All right. So free game, free download, free 20 characters. Uh, they're doing another round of what they call the Nexus Challenge. They refer to the game board as the Nexus, right? Okay. The, the uh, universe that you play in. Uh, so the the idea behind the Nexus Challenge is that if you play a certain number of games with friends, it'll start unlocking different aesthetic things for the other games, such as Overwatch. You'll get a special skin for oh. D.Va or anything, or they unlock special mounts for Warcraft. And that's the beauty of the Blizzard universe is they go cross-platform, cross-game with all of these rewards. Right? I think Yeah, I think we talked about it uh, a while ago that yeah. um, while there's the Marvel Cinematic Universe where everything sort of talks to each other, now we have the only video game universe that does the same thing. I think that's yep. really cool. Very cool. Uh, the other things is uh, characters from Overwatch and maps from Overwatch are starting to be added to Heroes, and we're starting to get maybe some Heroes-specific stuff coming back into Overwatch. I, it, it feels like Heroes of the Overwatch of the Storm. <laughs> I, I, there's been so much Overwatch stuff that's been put into Heroes of the Storm in the last year. Uh, it's It's beginning to feel that way, but you know, maybe they had already put everybody in and they want to get all of, they're trying to get all, what they're really doing is getting all the Overwatch guys to come play Heroes of the Storm. Got it. And there's 25 million people playing Overwatch now. Wow. It's absurd how good that game is, how big the following is uh, at this point. And I think if they can cross some of those people over, Heroes is just going to continue to blow up. 
Hey, and you've, and it, we've said if you're not sure about whether you want to get one of these games or whether you want to play it, whether it's free or not, Overwatch isn't free. If you're not sure if you want to buy it, you could probably go check it out and take a look at people playing it on something like Twitch. Yes. Now, Twitch has a thing that they just came out with this week, which, remember, Twitch is owned by Amazon, but... Well, let me back up a step. Okay. They have always been very specific about only allowing partnered streamers, which means you have a certain following. They can sell you to sponsors. In a sense, to okay. you can promote stuff and make a royalty on pr- the promotion of it. Sure. Well, now they're taking a YouTube kind of approach where they're allowing non-partnered streamers oh. to also monetize their channels just through simple affiliate ads or ad earnings. So you might get a little pop-up ad or something like that, and you're going to get a, a, a tenth of a penny uh, every time somebody clicks, views that ad or it engages with it or whatever. So this is great news, and I think this is big for the community in the sense that you're it. I think the barrier to being a streamer on Twitch has always been whether or not you could make money at yeah. doing it, uh, if, especially if you did it for any m- amount of time. Uh, and there's all you had to have that certain number of followers and all that stuff uh, in order to get there. And it was this kind of chicken egg scenario. Um, but now that they're announcing this, I think you're going to hell. I might even start streaming. You should as much time as I play spend playing Overwatch and, and various video games. I've watched you play. I'd watch it. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, well, we should give a shout-out again. Remember, on orbitaljigsaw.com, yes. we do have a featured streamer, Tenacious Cleat, an old friend of ours. Yes. He plays Destiny and some other games that you can watch him play. So, yeah, check him out. Uh, we and, are looking for more uh, helping support the small streamers. Yeah, come on, uh, in, come on in. Let me know. Send me a tweet. Uh, come over on the Facebook page. Let, reach out. We are extremely accessible. Would love to feature some of you smaller streamers that are looking for a home. Hey, we're about one month away, a month-ish away from E3. Mm-hmm. And uh, the E3 thing, which is here in Los Angeles, but um, they've there. There's been a lot of the big video game companies that actually don't go to E3 anymore because of the the Twitch or like their own sort of studio things. Like Bungie's one of them. They announce all of their stuff in their own things. Yep. So all of these video game companies, Blizzard's one of them as well. They have a BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. EA doesn't necessarily have a BlizzCon as much as they have this new thing that's called EA Play, yep. right? So this is something that goes on the same week of the show. Yeah, various nights, and they call it E3 adjacent. Okay. Is what it is. Um, so it'll be after the show ends, they'll have these EA play sessions each day of the show, um, and they'll be in like four-hour blocks. So the good news is, the bad news is, I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is I couldn't, uh, I was not able to secure tickets to E3 itself okay. for us. Okay. Uh, they only sold 1,000 non I think I'm going to be gone anyways. But and yeah. they were gone in less than a minute. I just couldn't get them fast enough. Sure. However... I was able to get tickets for EA Play, okay. which is the adjacent one. So I'm going to go try out Battlefront 2 oh, and cool. Madden 2017. Nice. Uh, and what? there's three or four other games that they're going to showcase. get to see the new NHL game. FIFA, yeah. So FIFA's the other one. I don't know about the fourth one or what that is. I'd have to look it up. But Probably NHL. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be... Awesome. This will be my first time actually going to something like this. So. I wish I could go with you, but I'll I mean, be overseas. A trade show for video yeah. games. Sold! I'm in. Yes. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, we got to talk about Nintendo. Our old friends. Look, um, you guys know that I've been driving Lyft on and off here, and I gave an interesting ride the other day to a video game store owner All right. uh, for a new up-and-coming video game store here in L.A. called World 8. You didn't tell me about this. All right. I didn't. Okay. Uh, this just happened uh, ni- a couple nights ago. This is good. So what he told, he had some interesting insight on the whole NES Classic debacle that's going on. All right. Uh, he said if you go to a farmer's market, pretty much anywhere in the U.S., you'll find them at every, you'll find the NES Classics at every other stand. No kidding. But the problem is they're not the $300 eBay original ones. They're modded ones. 
So so basically, what they're doing is they're they're rooting them, they're hacking them, and they're putting all the MAME mo- uh, ROMs for all of the games onto the NES Classics. I want one of those. I, I, that's what I said. I kind of want one. And they're selling them for like 150 bucks instead okay. of 60 bucks. Okay, maybe I could trade in my old one. Not, so he, not, not that I he would. He told me where there was going to be a, a farmer's market, and I might go this weekend. So nice. if I can find them, okay. I'll see what I can do. Uh, let's see. The other thing is Mario Kart. Yeah, it's coming in two days. Here's the thing. There's a new Mario Kart game for the Switch, but it's not really a new Mario Kart game. It's Mario Kart 8 remastered for Switch. And what they've done is it's going to release and like it allows you to do like the whole like you can take your Switch to your friend's house and suddenly the two Joy-Cons and suddenly you're playing a multiplayer Mario uh, game on this tiny screen in front of you. And it's it's a portable Mario Kart. And it's the same game that we played, but... Everything that you work to unlock is now unlocked, like all the tracks, all the characters. They've got a couple new characters. Uh, I think like Dry Bones is one, or maybe uh, a couple of the, uh, the Splatoon characters or something like that. But so that comes out Friday. Um, I, part of me is like, yeah, I really want to get that game. I will. But I kind of enjoyed the process of going through and unlocking everything. Hey, hey, Andy, let, let's go talk about this in a bigger discussion about virtual racing in the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Wow, that was a short walk to the lobby. Yeah, oh, God. <sighs> uh, I'm going to need are. another beer. Yeah, here we are. All right. So welcome to the lobby, everyone. Uh, this is kind of our new branding of what we used to call the main story or, or the, the bigger discussion, discussion or yeah. whatever. We're we're kind of we're going to call it the lobby from now. Let's go out to that. I hope you like the music. <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's talk about racing games. Yes. Just the it has been part of video gaming since the dawn of video gaming. There's always been some kind of racing, either simulator or fun thing, or mm-hmm. you know, a, a racer's name was attached to a game sure, that was sure. like pole position. That sure. but they all looked the, sure. all the way up to what we were just talking about, Mario Kart Eight. Uh, what was? Do you remember the first racing game that you played? Absolutely. Um, I remember uh, in the arcade there was a game called Pole Position. Yes. Um, uh, people our age will remember that. Uh, and it was like, and there was like instead of like it, it would say prepare to qualify, yes. but it was like, but it, they didn't have the voice. It was like prepare to qualify. Remember <laughs> yes. that? Remember that? Prepare to qualify. And that was that. And then you would be almost like the the peanuts teacher. And it was was the coolest thing when like you were like a five or six year. I wasn't a five year old playing. I was probably like eight and I would go to the arcade and I drop a quarter in, but it had a steering wheel on it. Yes. Had a steering wheel and it had like a like a gear shift that would either be low or high. Yeah. And it would be like, and like, and that was it. <laughs> yes. And it was steering, and like the fact that you could like steer and like look on a screen, and your car would move. But you're eight years old, yeah. and you're driving a car. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that was that was the thing. That was my first video game. But the other the other driving game that I remember was on the Atari. They had a game called Night Driver, mm-hmm. which was just the track with like uh, something. But do you remember how Atari instead of the joystick with the orange button, they had the paddle with yeah. the side orange button, and the paddle was your steering wheel. Yep. Back in the day, so Night Driver was the other game. What was Those, your? What would you say was your favorite uh, racing game growing up or now? Um, well, actually, let me go back and answer the first question at the same time. What about time. you? What was your? What was your first? Racing I remember game? Was it pole position for you as no, well. No, it was RC Pro Am. Oh wow! So okay, yeah, that's a number of years. And it later. was uh, it was on NES. Yeah, I remember that. And so I never really, that's... I never really had Atari. My first console was the NES. I never, I had a friend, a but neighbor. Like, you never of, played a racing game in the arcade before RC Pro Am. I played pole position, but I, I don't remember whether that was before or after okay. I played Pro Am. What about like Spy Hunter? It was racing. That game, was after, but it, but it was still a driving. 
fighting game. Sure, but that was after. No, uh, Spy Hunter was before. It, it might have come out before, but yeah. I, I don't think I ever played it. So I mean, the first one that I played and really fell in love with was RC Pro-Am. Okay. I got really good at that one. We, yeah. we have to give an honorable mention as well to Excite Bike. Oh, of course. By the way. Of course. That's Everybody a that had an NES a played that game. one. Yeah. Um, don't you hate it when your bike would overheat? It was so dumb. <laughs> it's so mad. <laughs> good one. I just remember that, that sound when you hit the high gas and then that, the hot gas. Guys, you should really hear Nick's Excite Bike impression. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so it's interesting how games have evolved. And we, we went from this to where there was no multiplayer to then we came out with Mario Kart. Well, like, no, no, no. Before that, like, so, like, let's take a step back. So, like, when we were kids, right? Like, we would, like, Pole Position or RC Pro, like, RC Pro-Am was a game that you played at home. It was a game that I played at home. There were a couple of other Nintendo games that came out at that time. I think when I first got my Nintendo, there was this game called Rad Racer. Yep. Which is, like, it was, like, the behind-the-car thing. Right? But that game came with 3D glasses. You could switch to 3D mode, and you put on 3D glasses. What? Yeah. But it wasn't 3D. It just looked somewhat 3D, <laughs> but that was their selling point, yeah. right? Um, but the whole thing when you were a kid was, like... To go to the arcade, because the arcade had, like, not just the steering wheel on pole position, because this is now a couple years later. We're talking, like, late 80s now. and early 90s, it was, like, sit down in a car. Remember, they built those, like, big, like, plastic the things? Booths. Yeah, yeah, which still exists. But it was like it was like you could sit in a car and drive, and as a kid, that's an amazing thing. Yep. And and like you and couldn't pedals, and maybe, and but maybe you couldn't reach them because your feet were too short, so you'd have to like you'd have to like pull up even closer to the screen. Remember that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite. I think when we went to uh, uh, Jillian's recently with the with your kids, yeah, we were playing Mario Kart on the big sit down oh, with the four person. Uh, now now you, now you've gone to the future, but there's oh, some, yeah. there's some stuff in between there. Oh, yeah. of course, absolutely. Uh, but that's uh, my point was that still is a very appealing today. Thirty yes. years later, yes, the ability uh, to drive when you can't drive yet. Yeah, of yeah. course. I, well, I can drive, but I mean, I I still geek out over that. But, but I'm just a huge like nerd. Before you turn sixteen, you get that rite of passage of yeah. getting your driver's license. Yeah, the fact that you can go like drive a car, whether you see it from behind or whether you're sitting in the in the cockpit and you see the dashboard. That's a big deal. Well, I think if we if we take that one step forward, there was the single booths, and then I will never forget the first time I walked into an arcade and I saw four or eight of those oh, sitting for that uh, for Daytona, Daytona USA, yeah, 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 yeah. The NASCAR game, yeah, and they, you could link up yeah, all the booths like, would link up buddy, and you yeah. raced against everybody, and you were like, "What is this sorcery? This is amazing!" Yeah, like you would sit down and like you'd be racing like a NASCAR against all of your friends. <laughs> Um, at the same time, at the same time, I remember a game for the NES that was, uh, uh, called Bill Elliott's NASCAR racing. Yes. One of the first ones that was like, this guy who's a good racer, mer game. You know, like it was always like, it always had to be attached to like some big racer. Uh, the Bill Elliott NASCAR game had one of the first times that you could actually do an entire NASCAR race. <laughs> okay. 200 laps. And like, it was like literally like hitting the left button to keep going, uh, left right. the whole time. And then you'd have to do pit stops at a certain point. But, like, uh, I remember sitting there for about an hour and a half. And I, I almost needed, like, a bottle of water to get through it, <laughs> even though I wasn't doing it. I was, like, on my chair yeah. and my, like, 13-inch TV or whatever. And was, yeah. But there was that was the first game that had that sort of, like, simulation mode. Mm. And then that was sort of begat, like, a bunch of other sort of simulation mode games. So where racing kind of went to, like, the whole, like, yeah, it's so cool to, like, and then I guess it, as I grew up with it, I kind of, and, it, and this is before I could actually drive. But um, and then you started to understand, like, the whole 200-mile. And I grew up in Indiana, so the Indianapolis 500 was, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Charlotte. Yeah, of NASCAR course. was a big deal. Oh, of course. And and that's the other thing. Like you're an actual like and, and okay, 
fast forward to now, you have a driver's license. Yes. I have a driver's license. You can drive a car. I can't drive a car very well. You could drive a car very well. Okay. Thank you, you have a race car of your own now. Hey. What is the appeal now of racing games? And it's not that you stop playing them because you could drive on your own. Then suddenly, like in our teens and like uh, into college, games started coming out like uh, Outrun yep. or or uh, Cruise in USA. Like the, we like got the, the first Gran Turismo. But it always had in the arcade. It always had like a steering wheel like attached to it. Even though you could already drive, there was something fun about it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I I think between Cruise in USA and Outrun, those kind of change. Those I credit those games with changing the landscape to a more arcadey kind of fun feel. Um, and in so those I, games, you were always kind of like racing against your quarter. Like it was always like, okay, 45, 44. And like, you know, like you got to get to the next checkpoint. And if you don't get to the next checkpoint, you run out and you got to drop another quarter in. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And that was, I remember malls, arcades used to be babysitters for me. Like yes. my parents would go yes. to the mall. They'd go shopping. Yes. Here's a 20. We'll see you in an hour. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I would I would do my best to make sure that I had like half of that twenty left over to take home for next weekend so I could play more. Art anyway, right? I was art. very smart with money at an early age. Uh, but look, I want to I want to get into the games that have really changed what I would consider changed a generation: uh, the Gran Turismo's and the Need for Speed library. Yeah, I think you got to. I think you got to ca- include. I think you got to include fours in there. But keep going. Sure. Oh, great! Absolutely. Uh, Sure. I mean, those two to me are the big catalogs. I think you got to include Super Mario or Mario Kart. That's a different uh, side, but let's talk about the simulation where the we're simulation getting Because we just talked world. about the Bill, uh, Bill Elliott thing. Yeah. I mean, there was a time, I think it was PS2 and Gran Turismo 2. Yep, yep, yep. That, PS, yeah. That was absolutely changed my life when it came to racing games. I never really liked the racing games, if I'm being honest. I was always more of the Zelda Mario kind of guy. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, when Gran Turismo 2 came out and I got in and it was just enough fun, but still a simulator and Logitech started coming out with the wheels, the yeah. force feedback wheels yeah. and the pedals and yeah. everything. Ooh, that changed everything well, for me. The other thing that those games did, Gran Turismo and Forza, when those came out for the, the PlayStation, PlayStation 2 and Xbox and Xbox, you know, 360, the thing that they did with that thing was not only were you driving and you were driving and you could choose your view. So instead of being behind the car and like the same thing, like all the games in the 90s, whether it was like Outrun or Rad Racer and all those things, it was always like the shot behind the car and you would basically go left and right between three lanes and like you would just see the landscape and it would be over. The thing about the Gran Turismo games was like then it got into like this weird like crazy like car nut, like car gearhead type stuff. So not only could you drive, but then you could drive to get money to save up to buy another car but not like another like uh other car but to buy like oh you probably should pick up the nissan blah 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 blah, blah that has the, like and you're the gearhead that knows like and you could switch the camber and you could switch like, i need to get a new flywheel and i need to get a new crankshaft and uh, like i didn't know any of that i would just hit like auto that but you were probably <laughs> like you were probably like i'm gonna do the blah, blah, blah. no we were micro in the shit out of it we knew all the different stuff sure and gt2 was the the last game for me that was still very arcadey and fun because you could crash into walls and bounce off of stuff and yeah. still beat the times and you would take shortcut jumps and all. So there was still a fun arcadey element. Once you got to Gran Turismo three and beyond to today, it is hardcore simulation. Yeah, very detailed. If you bump a guy, you're going to spin out and go crazy, and your tire temperatures and all that kind of stuff. Sure, but get as, into as, it. as the as the as the as the gearhead that you are, mm-hmm. like if you really got into that, you would probably like really dig it. 
I would imagine, because you'd be like, okay, I'm going to see what a Tesla would do against a Porsche, because all those cars are in it. And, like, you can you get those cars, you save up all this money, and, like, okay, I'm going to get, like, a, a 1987 BMW M3 or whatever the hell it yeah. is. But those, like, those real cars. Well, because that's all I can afford with yeah, my but, starting money. Sure, but, like, the, all that stuff is in the game. Like, I don't care, but, like, I I really wish I had the Alfa Romeo. I remember, like, in uh, Gran Turismo when I got, like, the Dodge Viper, and I was, like, blowing people away. Oh, yeah. But the thing that was cool about it was... Like uh, the Dodge Viper was like a rear wheel drive. It was so it, like it skidded out a bunch. And again, I don't know anything about car physics, <laughs> but then I would be like, well, wait a minute. My Honda Civic does better because it was a front wheel drive car. So it takes corners better. Yeah. So I'm going to keep being that until, of course, the Dodge Viper would blow me away. Right. Um, it was it was all that stuff. That was the simulation thing. And the simulation thing is kind of what's gone to, you know, we're at. We're, we've got car driving games like a Forza and a Gran Turismo that will certainly come out for the PS4 where these cars look like the actual cars and not just like you get to drive behind them and see the road and learn the tracks and the tracks are all based on like real tracks sometimes like, hey, you want to take the uh, Tesla out or the or the, uh, uh, the 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 Aston Martin James Bond car out on the Indy 500 track? Go ahead. Like they give you all these options, right? And the Nurburgring and some of the other big tracks of the yeah. world, you can you can really drive all of these now. Yeah, but this, there was something that happened in the 90s that was, it's a racing game, but it's fun. I think Mario Kart actually changed the game for all of this, because not only did it bring in all the characters of the universe of, of Nintendo, and this is something that they have proven to be a, a staple of all of their games, is, is bringing, like we were talking about the Blizzard universe. Sure. M- Nintendo has done this expertly, and I think it kind of all started with Mario Kart. Because if you go forward from that, you got Smash Brothers, you got uh, some of the uh, other worldly games, like Mario, Mario games, golf, Mario golf, tennis, yeah, sure. All the sports games have all the different characters in it. So Mario Kart brought an interesting element of fun and kind of an element of combat, yeah, to uh, to a driving game, and that was the crazy jumps and hit, crashing through the balloons mm-hmm. and all of those elements made it a lot of fun. Where I um the the where I want to draw the line here personally is we've almost come full circle. We've gone through all of the Sims, and now we're, like the Need for Speed and the Gran Turismo. Sure, we're starting to see, especially the Need for Speed line is coming back around to the fun stuff again. So you're getting like the hot pursuits, yep, yep, uh, where you're playing a race car and it doesn't really matter if you crash. Nothing, yep. you know, nothing really changes. You have to be a cop chasing everybody in a Lamborghini. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're chasing the bad guys in a Bugatti Veyron. Sweet. Uh, so there's an element of fun to that, and you know, where do you, where who doesn't want to have a Lamborghini police car? Right? Sure. Um, the other thing is the from the Need for Speed line is they do, and there's other spinoff games like the Crew and yep. Project Cars where you can mod your cars. Sure, uh, we call it Need for Speed Racer Edition, which is where you get your Honda Civic and you put neons under it and <laughs> you know all that stuff, right? But it's still very fun, and you're doing these missions against these gangsters, and it's street racing, and it's very Fast and Furious uh, 10, inspired. 12, Thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> fate of the fast. Fate of fat. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I guess what I really want to get to here is that I I love racing games. I love both styles of racing games, both the Sims and the fun ones. But if you put two of them in front of me, I'm probably going to play the fun Need for Speed or Mario Kart than spend six hours in front of a Sim. Really? That tr- surprises me about you because yeah. of how much I know about how much you love cars. And you well, because I've got a real one out there. If I, I wanted know, to go I do know, that, I, I know, could go do you, it. But you can't go like you can't go out. I mean, you could. You would get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Tracks. Yeah. We we have uh, Button Willow and Willow Springs and Streets of Willow and Pomona and sure. all of those tracks that we can actually go to and drive our real race cars on and you know tinker with the tunes and all of those parts and stuff so there's an element of that that 
I guess I've got that already. Yeah. Maybe is the right way okay. to say that. Okay. Um, but I do see the allure of being able to sit down and race a real race, do the qualifying, do the warm-ups, set your pole position, all of that stuff in a real setting on a real track. Laguna Seca, being able to race a, a, a hypercar at Laguna Seca, you could never do that in real life unless you're a bajillionaire. Sure. So I, I think there is huge merit uh, to that. My problem with them is the sensitivity Okay. Uh, to the games, like if you do like one little small mistake, you don't recover from it. You could change the options sometimes in those games, but um, sure. there's one other there's one other car slash vehicle game that we're not bringing up Uh-oh. here that we should. What am I missing? Twisted Metal. Oh, do you remember those games? Legendary. They're not racing games per se, but it was like it was still like a driving game that was just amazing. Oh, it's like Roman Arena combat yes. in an ice cream truck. Yes, you know? man, those were so great. And I wish they did a, like a Mario Kart like racing game where like you took all of those characters like the Mr. Grimm, the crazy motorcycle guy, and the Sweet Tooth, the crazy ice cream truck yep. guy, and you let them actually race for a finish, like a, like to win and but still had all the weapons. Yeah, but still had all the weapons, yep. just like you would in a Mario Kart. Yep. But the, at the end of the day, Mario Kart, while it's awesome, still has you have to win the race. Yes. So, um, oh, there was another one. What was the other one? Uh, the, the, there was a Sega one that you and I both oh, liked. Oh, Sega All-Stars Racing? Oh, the Sonic one. Sonic All-Stars Racing. And, and again, while we'll say that we are, are fans of Mario Kart, they've tried to duplicate that with, with every other franchise yep. over time, but have never come close. They think they did it with South Park. They did it with Mickey Mouse. They did it with <laughs> um, Crash <laughs> Bandicoot, right? Yep. And the only one that's ever come close to actually having that feel and like getting the tracks and all that stuff was Sonic All-Stars. Yep. And that game was amazing. Yeah, I still play it every now and then, honestly. Yeah, you it, it's one of those that uh, that will stand the test of time for sure. So here's the other thing. Uh, as you look forward, as we get to a, a world of potentially self-driving cars, mm-hmm. what does this mean for the future of like a racing video game? You know, that's an interesting point. And without getting into too big of a discussion, I think we're seeing, uh, dare I say, the millennials, you know, the, the 20-ish year olds are not driving as much, especially in the urban kind of big cities. Yeah. There's a lot of ride sharing that's going on, so there's not a need to have a I mean, it's going on in Manhattan for years. Yeah. Uh, where you have it, you don't need to, it's it's frankly frowned upon to have a car in Manhattan because huh. you're just going to sit in traffic with the rest of the taxis. Uh, but with ride sharing uh, becoming as uh, provocative as it is and as pr- prevalent as it is across all of the major cities, and frankly, even across the U.S., I'm seeing less and less younger generations actually give a shit about having a car. I think that combined with self-driving cars uh, is going to just, you know, if you take Uber and put them in self-driving cars, now all of a sudden you've got Johnny Cab uh, from Total Recall and people don't own cars. They're just taking Johnny Cabs everywhere. Does the market go down for one? Does the does the interest in driving games go down because nobody gives a shit about driving? Well, I wonder if it's what you were saying, whereas you're a, a gearhead and you would rather just drive a real car, so you want to play the fun car. Whereas yeah. a person that doesn't drive a car and doesn't know anything about engines and any of that stuff wants to have like a steering wheel in their house and like, hey, look, I'm driving a car because I can't do it in real life. This to is what, the sit in traffic on this the 405? The, well, yeah, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's driving sim. Right. Hey, guess what? But, well, in, in the self-driving car future, you don't have to sit in traffic anymore. But no. look, what I'm saying is... Um, there was a rite of passage when we turned 16. We got our driver's license, and that was a big deal. And, and, and some people drove well, and some people drove badly. I was one of the bad drivers. Um, I wonder if, 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 if the kids will look at, uh, like my daughter, will look at, you know, she'll probably get a driver's license because the self-driving cars won't be here. 
But then she'll also like the idea of maybe driving in a steering wheel and driving really fast in another car that you, you like. There's that weird like separation from like what you can do in a driving sim versus what you could do in, do in real life, right? Maybe. Kind of, yeah. Or is it like is it like the fact that like you know everybody when uh, back in the old ages was like, oh, well, your ride of passage is to ride a horse. No, I think there's an element, and this is remember I was talking about Gran Turismo two. It yeah, was kind of okay. the last one that left a little bit of the fun in there. There's certainly an element of being able to throw a car around a track without any consequence. Yeah, that is that is a staple, and being able to just slam it into a wall and just yeah. keep going. Yep, uh, without any kind of repercussions. And go or the wrong way on the track and just sure. head on into everybody. Just sure. try to mess everybody else up. That's absolutely part of it. Uh, but I think that goes away in some of the more advanced simulator games, the later Gran Turismo games like GT Five and, and above. Kind of lost their way a little bit. Forza, okay. I would say, a little bit is that as well. Um, but no, I, I think all around, I think racing games are here to stay. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. And I think they've been a staple of the video game industry for a really, really long time. It's just that the approach now is completely different than it was when you had like branded versions of pole position. Sure. On, you know, you had a new one every Mario, other month. Mario Andretti Racing and right. Nigel Manson Nigel Racing. Nigel Manson and, and, and yeah. all those guys. Yeah. Uh, just all of this. So I think those, those days are gone. But we, I think that the, we're always going to have driving games, even if it's just Mario Kart style stuff. I think at the end of the day, whether or not you're in a car, a horse, or whatever, the race is the race. Mm-hmm. It's all about winning you being faster than somebody you else. Ain't first, you last. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sensing a thunderstorm outside, which will probably take us to our lightning round. All right. We were talking about Mario Kart. It comes out in a couple of days. Uh, you've played, I think, probably the Super Nintendo version, the 64 version. I think you've played the Wii version. You probably haven't played the Wii U version, which is also the Switch version. Okay. But there's been a number of characters who have been uh, very uh, astute at driving Mario Karts. How many Nintendo characters can you name oh, that drove a man. Mario Kart? Go! Well, I know that I was always Yoshi. All oh, right. all right. Yeah. So there, I guess there's Mario, yep. Luigi, yep. Waluigi, yep. Wario, yep. Uh, Yo- did I say Yoshi already? Did you count yeah, that one? That was okay. your first one. Um, Princess uh, Peach. Yep. Uh, 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 Bowser. Yep. Uh, Donkey Kong. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm running out. Oh, goodness. Give me a hint. <laughs> he, was, uh, he wore like a mushroom hat. Oh, Toad. Yes. There you go. Uh, and now some of the newer Nintendo characters are also in this. Zelda, Link. Yeah, Link drives now in Mario Kart 8. Yep, Does yep. he? Really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, is Princess Zelda in there? Uh, maybe. Okay. I think so. Maybe. Her and Princess Peach are probably yeah. duking it out. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm kind of out. There's Splatoon characters. There's Dry Bones. There's Bowser. There's Baby Bowser. You said Bowser. Said Bowser. Uh, you did, but there's Baby Bowser. There's characters from uh, Splatoon. Rosalina, which is a character from uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, wow. I don't think the Metroid is on there, but there's Metroid skins. The other, um, I Samus. think I, yeah, you're right. I think there's characters from F Zero, which is another racing game we oh, didn't wow. even talk about yeah. in, the, uh, in the in the big discussion. But uh, yeah. Um, well done, by the way. Oh, thank you. You pretty much named everybody in Mario Kart 64, which is was pretty amazing. That's the one I played the most, yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, guys. We hope you enjoyed this little session here in the lobby, uh, talking about racing games. Uh, let us know what you think. What are some of your favorite racing games? What do you think the industry is going to go towards when it comes to racing games? Uh, whether it's simulators or fun, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson at Andy Nelson76. You can find me over at Amazon trying to get the next season of The Expanse. <laughs> 
Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next time. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.